The sports story everyone's talking about today is just moments away. So call or text us right now at 573-875-KTGR and make your voice heard. This is The Big Show with Andy and Brendan on KTGR. Back here on The Big Show, Andy, Brendan, and producer Chris back with us today on this Tuesday, KTGR and KTGR.com. Coming up in just a couple of minutes, we'll talk some Mizzou football and hear from Eli Drinkwitz on the seniors, on Cody Schrader, and on Florida. We'll also continue the discussion of where should Missouri be ranked when the updated CFP rankings come out later on tonight. We'll hit some Mizzou men's basketball at 525. The defense looked sharp last night against SIUE. And maybe a little Cardinals stuff as well at 545, as today they made a few roster moves and there could be more coming. 573-875-KTGR to give us a call or a text on the topics of the day in sports. But first, it's 5 o'clock. It's time for the Top 5 at 5 on the big show. Number 1. You want to trade away for curtain number 1? You can have curtain 1. Like a bounce-back win for Mizzou men's basketball last night. Not the toughest of opponents, SIU Edwardsville. And well, he certainly didn't shoot like a very tough opponent. But, hey, give credit to Mizzou's defense also as they hold them to just 50 points. They win 68-50. to 50. Double-double for Noah Carter, 15 points, 10 boards. Sean East, pretty good shooting, 8 of 11 from the field, 20 points for him. Tigers are 2-1 and one now, heading into their first road matchup of the season against Minnesota. They're not that great of a team, so I feel like Mizzou should win this. But again, when you go on the road, first time uh, your team does that, you find out a little bit more about what they're made of. You see what Mizzou's made of as they go to Minnesota coming up on Thursday night. You can hear it on KTGR. Number two. Number two. Your timing is impeccable. It's going to be interesting to see where Mizzou football lands in the college football playoff rankings later on tonight. They moved up to number 11 in both the AP and the coaches' poll. Very possible that they could land around that same spot, maybe even somewhere just barely in the top 10, depending on how the committee looks at uh, Mizzou and their win against Tennessee. And look, committee has definitely looked at previous results and given a lot of credit to some of these teams who win quality games. So I wouldn't be surprised if you maybe see Mizzou at 10, leapfrogging one of those other two lost teams that's right next to him. Number three. Mizzou women's basketball tonight. They take on North Alabama. Tigers uh, lost their first game of the season against uh, St. Louis, 93-85, and kind of a track meet type of game there. We'll see if uh, they can get things back on track against North Alabama as the Tigers have started the season 2-1. and one. You can hear it on 100.5 FM KTGR to start tonight at 645. Then after Tiger Talk with head coach Eli Drinkwitz, uh, from 7 to 8, you can hear it on 105.1 and 1580 after 8 o'clock. Number 4. Four. Oh, I shanked four. it. Man, Josh Allen, what are you doing? Still turning the ball over with ease, and it ended up contributing to a bad loss at, at home against the Broncos. Yes, there was some craziness at the end with the field goal. Broncos had too many men on the field. Great, but... They shouldn't have been in that situation either because they should have capitalized on the chances they had. Ken Dorsey, the offensive coordinator, got fired today by the Bills. But look, he wasn't the one throwing interceptions or having bad exchanges with James Cook. It was Josh Allen. Feels like a scapegoat. Number five. What is the five fingers? Say to the face. No surprise at all. Cody Schrader is a finalist for the Burlesworth Trophy. That's the Big Show's top five at five on KTGR. 
875-KTGR if you want to call or text us here on the show. Uh, so great, great news all around there. Yeah, and you can just probably add that trophy to Cody's uh, I mean, Cody's yeah, mantle already, I, I, I'm really, thinking. I really think so. Look, we're biased. We get it, but yeah, I'm just are, looking. I got a chance to look at all their aren't. numbers. Right, yeah. Like yeah. They're, the, the stats are the stats, and Trader's per, individual performance on Saturday was just, it sent shockwaves throughout the college football world to where I think whoever's voting on that, yeah, they see what Trader's doing. No disrespect to the others, but. Schrader's got that. All right. I agree. Well, we'll see what uh, what actually happens there. But Eli Drinkwitz was asked about, you know, the story that uh, Cody Schrader is kind of telling with with this season and what he's doing and what he's done the last couple of years since coming to Mizzou as a walk-on. And Eli Drinkwitz asked about that today and had a pretty good answer for it. I know that, that this place has a bunch of great history. and um, But when I think of uh, Midwest, I think of a – a place like the University of Missouri, we've always talked about. You've got St. Louis and Kansas City, but rural Missouri is kind of the spirit of of this state. You got a guy who really embodies the spirit of the state, the the hard work and determination, self-made people. Um, you know, there's a lot of farmers in this state. There's a lot of cattle uh, cattle ranches. You know, those people are self-made. They show up every day, work extremely hard, unsure of what uh, uh, of what the future always holds, but they bet on themselves. And I think that's, you know, it's kind of the story of Cody Schrader. Heck yeah, it is. Like, yep. Come on, like Cody that. Schrader is Mizzou football. That's what I've been telling y'all. He is, man. This is great. I mean, look, the, when you talk about building something from the ground up, and uh, you know the the mentality that everybody on this team should have when you're trying to turn into a program that people nationally pay attention to, when you hadn't really been there the last few years. And you're in a conference like the SEC where there are so many big names and you have to try and break your way into that mold somehow. Yeah, it just kind of it doesn't happen overnight. It's also not linear and it, it sort of has to come from the hard work that you put in over years and years, not just maybe over a single college football season. And look, Cody Schrader's had a meteoric rise this one season, but it hasn't just been due to the fact to what he's done this year. It's because of what that like the mentality that he had in in years past. Yeah, the the Cody Schrader story didn't start at the beginning of this year or even when he arrived at Mizzou. I mean, it's been a long time coming and it's just really great to see all of the hard work pay off for him. And it's not just like in like a feel good kind of way like, "Oh, that's a nice story." Like he's helping Missouri football win a lot of games right now. Like it's not yeah. just it's tangible what he's bringing to the table. He basically I'm not going to say single-handedly because the O-line did a lot of work for him to be able to to have the success that he had, but he he was a huge force in what the Tigers were able to do to Tennessee on Saturday, and that was no small feat. That's a win that, uh, again, we, we said before the game, if they get it, it's Drinkwitz's biggest win of his tenure at Mizzou. I feel that way after, especially when you consider the way that it happened, the way that it went down 36-7. to Yeah, that's huge, and, and Cody Schrader was a big part of it. And... The way that he and the rest of the core that Mizzou has kind of built up this year that they brought back from, you know, maybe deciding on whether or not they would go to the NFL draft, but saying, no, let's let's buy in here. Let's run it back and see uh, what we can put together. Uh, Drinkwood's talking about what those seniors have built over these last uh, couple of years or so with things getting much better as far as attendance and things like that. 
our core value always compete to do it better than it's been done before is each year we kind of pick a few things like what have we not accomplished here before and let's shoot that for that as a goal and it's been hey let's consistently sell out for let's make for a home field advantage let's get that field field storming game win and we've been able to do those, those things so far this year and and some of these freshmen you know like kd and jc and ennis and harrison their first experience at Faro was COVID. So, I mean, we were always in a 20,000 capacity crowd. And then the next year, you know, we, we didn't have uh, quite the success that we needed to early in the year to really engage the fan base. And even last year, you know, I think about Georgia was an awesome environment, but it wasn't a sellout. And now we've got those sellouts and that streak going. So I think it's been pretty cool um, that they've built it to what it is now. And it's happened Really, really quickly, too, over that last year, because you kind of saw the framework a little bit of what Mizzou could maybe be. It was a disappointing year in the sense that, you know, you look at the games like Auburn and Kentucky and some of those other, uh, Georgia, like games that could have flipped in your favor and and didn't. But now all of a sudden they're flipping in your favor and and you're seeing what, what fans were ready to see this whole time. Yeah, I mean, there's an element of luck to that. Just like I think last year there was bad luck involved with losing every single one of those games. Like, you could have at least gotten one or two of them, and maybe last year looks different. But I think the fact that you can consider, in any like Drinkwitz's role, that's got to be tough to look at how people viewed the team last year. And we were in that group of people saying, ah, they haven't gotten over the hump. What are they? Are they just kind of mediocre in the middle? He knows how close they were last year, I think, to really being able to to prove to the world what they thought about themselves inside that building. And then that's, I think, where the something to prove comes from this year. The STP mantra is like, look, we, we had talent last year. We came up a little a little bit short. We still believe in the group that we've got in place that we're going to show the world this year. And it's just so awesome to see them get to kind of make good on all of that belief and say, like, this is the type of team that we are and the type of program that we can continue to be. I'm obviously thrilled well, by yeah. the, the developments. And the the fact that those players all realized what was possible, even though that it the results weren't there, they said like, "Look, look at all this talent here. We've got all kinds of possibilities for uh, what could happen down the road." And and they're proving it time and again. It's just the huge like put put your money where your mouth is sort of uh, mentality, and it's all paying off for this group. Uh, at the same time. So 875-KTGR, give us your thoughts uh, on, on Mizzou as they get set for Florida. Here was Eli Drake. Look, look Florida's 5-5. Five and five. They're trying to get a, a bowl berth. If they win this, they get it. If not, then they probably are not beating Florida State the next week. This is their chance like to, oh, yeah. to, get, to get bowl eligible. Like, and, and look, it's not going to be easy for them. But Eli Drinkwood still, you know, have to have respect for this team who at times this year is – looked really good at times they've also looked bad but you know, i drink what's uh, talking about them here i know that coach uh, napier is building the right kind of culture and the right kind of fight and the attention to detail and they've got really good schemes on both sides of the ball i don't know that their back against the wall has really got anything to do with what our preparation is going to be about you know our preparation is understanding that we respect our opponent and who they are and what they they the level of play that they can perform at i mean they just took lsu um I mean, it was at one point in the third quarter they had the lead, you know. So I think we have a lot of respect for them, but it's really about more about how we want to play 
and what kind of mentality we want to play with and the attention to detail that we need to have in practice this week and the fundamentals that we need. And look, that that game against LSU, I didn't think they really would win it, but they played well and kept in it for a long time. What? I thought they would win the game until... Uh, Florida? You thought Florida would win it? I mean, oh, no, I'm sorry. I misunderstood. Yeah, no, they... uh, not against Jaden Daniels. You're right. They oh, the fact yeah. that they scored the way that they scored is is something to at least keep in mind. I think this week when you're when you're Missouri because they can score on you. They put up points. Compared, but again, it's still the LSU defense. So yeah, that's the other thing. <laughs> I'm taking the Tiger defense. No, over I get that. it. Yeah, our Tiger defense, not the the, the, other, the, the Tiger the, thing. They got to change their name. I don't know who changes first. Who changes the name first? It's Mizzou. I guess it. I get. Why is it Mizzou? Because it's LSU, man. So? This is Mizzou, man. See, you're just part of the problem, talk- Chris. <laughs> LSU is not the establishment SEC. They're like the fake SEC. The Mizzou is ah! the, obviously the real SEC around Love these that. parts. Love that take. <laughs> Genius. But why is that the thought process? Oh, they're LSU. What's so big and bad about LSU? They, they win national titles, man. Well, sometimes. Not this year. <laughs> Oh, I love you I'm too, squabbling over I, this. I, but, I mean, really, I'm done belittling Mizzou that they're, you know, some second-rate program or second-rate. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm just going to act like well, okay, look, act like you belong, look. and I think the coaches that are at the school are, are doing the same thing, and you'll see. You'll see over the course of time. Neither team should change their name. I'm just saying. It's just... No, but it, it did allow for, like... Just make Auburn It did allow for a real... Well, see, Auburn, that's... That's fake SEC too. I mean, all they do is go to national championships. But but listen, I, it offered me a real opportunity to say, like, with the whole something to prove mentality. I think that's like a very Mizzou fan thing, where everybody's like, "Well, we're just Mizzou," you know. Where those guys are in that category over there, we're just Mizzou. I think that the attitude that both Dennis Gates and Eli Drinkwitz are bringing to the table is something that can absolutely. With those two programs going at the same time the way we think they can, can morph mentalities about what Mizzou is and can be, which I think is valuable. I do think that no. that there is something to that. All joking aside, no, nobody should change their name from Tigers. That was <laughs> that part was a joke, but I I wanted to make a real point. That no, that, no, I get it. Carried it's, off of that. That's what Mizzou is trying to build is just making sure that they are in that same conversation as everybody else in the SEC. When when you talk about teams that go on runs like this. And you have to give them the same kind of legitimacy as anybody else in the country that makes these types of runs. 875-KTGR, call or text us. All right, I do know that Mizzou's going to be ranked ahead of LSU in this CFP ranking, that's for sure. Uh, So what do we think? We were kind of talking about this yesterday. But Mizzou, I think, at the very least, should be 11, right? Hop all the teams that lost in front of you. Which is what the AP basically has right, right? Yeah, that's the minimum yeah, i think that. that's the floor oregon state could be a question of whether or not you hop them they had a big win over stanford stanford's not that great a team but they beat them by beat them by a lot 45 yeah. so maybe you don't pass them maybe you maybe louisville i don't know um i don't think they'll pass louisville because that is a one loss team and that's still the distinction that we yeah. haven't seen broken so far of a team with more losses, both power conference power teams. Five. That's the thing that I they probably don't crack into that. Honestly, is it a given though that they pass the state the, the Ole Miss and the Penn State? Is that part a given? I guess would be 
my question. Yeah, I... I think it should be, it should but Ole be. Miss is the one that I'm a little bit concerned about because that's the one that'll be probably most instructive in determining New Year's Six Bowl because you're both from the same conference. Not that it's not at-large bids really at that point anyway, but that's the one that I'm kind of looking at going, hmm, they'll put them over at Ole Miss, right? I think, but I guess it's not for sure. Uh, it's You go back and forth on the resumes uh, a lot with these two teams, Mizzou, Beat, uh, they hung with a team that, that both of these teams lost to Georgia. Mizzou very well could have beaten Georgia. Ole Miss appeared that they had no chance. Right. Ole Miss, that matters. Ole Miss beat a team that Mizzou lost to in LSU. Okay. That's a notch under their belt that say, okay, maybe they should be higher. But then you compare the wins. I think they almost even out. So does it come down to the fact that lost Mizzou, an additional game as well? Right. Like right. They, they, to Alabama. You, so I mean, if which you ta- I get, it's a better loss than the LSU loss. Yeah. I get so that I mean, if you talk about all the teams that uh, those two lost to, Mizzou has the worst loss of the group, and it's LSU. It's not to say, look, it's a good loss, but it is the worst of the group. So, of the four losses, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's really tough, and and I do think that if you don't pass them here, you might not pass them the rest of the year. And again, so. that's why I think it really Missouri deserves to be ranked higher. But if we're just going to ignore the – here's my thing. You can look at the losses, but you can't do so selectively. If you just look at who they lost to and say, oh, well, they lost to this team, they lost, that is not giving the full picture of the, the games that were played. Look at the losses if we're going to talk about the strength of the losses and talk about the way that Missouri played Georgia versus the way that Mississippi played Georgia. And if you say the, the caliber of their wins is similar, which I guess is fine, Missouri's got – Tennessee, Missouri's got Kansas State. Ole Miss has LSU, but not really as much behind that. We talked about yesterday Tulane maybe being their next best win. Yeah. But if you're going to say that the wins are of of pretty similar caliber, which I think is fair, LSU equates to Tennessee, Tulane, and Kansas State maybe in a similar bucket, you should look at the, the losses. Yeah, let's look at them, but not just the fact that Mizzou lost to a team that Ole Miss beat, but the fact that they both played a game at Georgia, and one of those games went very differently from the other one, and I think that should matter. If that's a tiebreaker, I'm fine with it, and I think it should go very clearly in Missouri's direction. And the fact that the the other polls have it that way, right? Missouri lapped those teams and the coaches in the AP. Yeah. And in the in and look the CFP, the CFP been Mizzou more was favorable. higher. Right. Exactly, Mizzou was already higher in that one. It's hard to parse because because again, let's let's keep in mind that those polls are formed differently like I, I would think like i don't know the exact college football playoff process i assume, I that assume there it's is similar some to sort basketball of, i assume it's some sort of voting system but they probably do kind of look in at the full the the way that it all shakes out with the voting system for each member and then they look and see all right are we sure that this team needs to be ahead of this one? Like, I'm sure there's tinkering would, that is done. They would scrub, not like not like seed scrubbing in NCAA tournament, but kind of a similar concept, right? Where you have to scrub the 12th team against the 11th team and talk about that a little yes, bit, wouldn't you right. think? No, no, yeah. That, so you have your process of getting yourself started. Like, everybody jot down their 25. I assume and then that's combine what they would do. the lists and then say, all right, Let's here's, argue. here's the combined list. Let's make our arguments for who. How much time be... do they spend on it? How much time a week? Do, do we know this information? I mean, they go in. 
I think they go in on Sunday to whatever ho- fancy hotel they're in they, in Dallas or whatever. They it spend is, a couple of hours, it, like, but I, they'd have I, to do this every idea. week, right? Yeah, they have to do it. Yeah, they have to fly in every so, single week and and make these decisions. So okay. I'm sure it's I'm sure it's a ample amount of time. Because um, the thing is, it has to be ample now because you can't just do it all at the end. Yeah. You're setting a precedent with each week. Yep. So you can't just wait. You can't just kind of mail it in right now and then at the end decide to start changing things up. You have to take it seriously throughout the entire process. It's why they don't start it until the middle of the season when you've already, like, it's important each and every week. If this is what decides the champion of the sport, it needs to be taken seriously each and every time. Yeah. And if that's the case, they'll find that Missouri is ahead of Ole Miss. That is, the, that is what it should be. Um, will they hop Oregon State? I'm going to say no. Which means what? They'd be eleven, kind of similar be, to the other polls. If you pass Ole Miss and and or and not Oregon State, Penn State and could, Tennessee, then that puts you up three spots to eleven. Do you think they could pass Oregon State though? That would be the one. I don't think they'll pass Louisville, although I think it should be closer than people will give it credit for. But what about Oregon State? That's the one. Oregon State's got some good wins, man. Like, they do. Uh, UCLA, Utah. I mean, yeah. That's the tough part. Uh, here's fortunately, the thing. it doesn't matter. <laughs> fortunately, <laughs> you are probably going to pass them eventually because they got Washington exactly. and Oregon coming up. If you don't pass them, I mean, we're having a conversation about how high Oregon State can climb. Yeah. Right? They're a two-loss team, obviously. But I would make the case that they would have some of the most impressive collection of wins of anybody in the country. And if you go win a Pac-12 championship as a two-loss team, that resume would get very interesting very fast, depending on if there's a little bit of chaos at the top. Yeah. Uh, but by and large, you're expecting Oregon State to lose at least one of those two games over the next couple of weeks. What is it? Washington and Oregon? Washington those are the two? and Oregon, yep. So, you're, I mean, if they lose one of those, they're a three-loss team and Missouri laps them. So I'm not that worried about it tonight from the Oregon State perspective. It doesn't really matter where they are. Um, honestly, if, if Mizzou passes them and Oregon State wins this week, I would put Oregon State right back above Missouri, but then you'd still have the Oregon test right after that. So uh, that part doesn't really matter to me. Keep an eye on Ole Miss and Penn State. Those are the two key ones. Um, Louisville would be great, but I'm not expecting it given they're only a one-loss team. But again, they almost lost to Virginia this week, so you never know. And, I mean, what wins do they have? I mean, Duke, I suppose, Notre Dame. Those are solid that's the, wins. That's the one. The Duke one is on, or pardon me, the Notre Dame one, that's on par with beating Tennessee. Yeah. Um, the other win's not as impressive, but Missouri has another loss. So that yep. does that does end up getting baked in. Louisville, who did they lose to? It was obviously a... Pitt. Did they play? They lost to Pitt. Yeah, so that's a, that's a way worse loss. I think I would, again, I think you could make a very compelling case for Missouri over Louisville. I don't expect it to go that way tonight, though. Well, and here's... Yeah. yeah. And they've got at Miami, which, I mean, could be a good game, you think. Uh, Louisville should probably win it. But then, I think they'll be favored. But then they host Kentucky. If Kentucky all of a sudden gets up for that rivalry game and beats them, then... Well, but here's the other part of it. And, and it's kind of unfair that Missouri won't go to a conference championship game, but Louisville will, right? They'll play Florida State? I believe I that is that is correct. I'll double check a, that. But as a one loss ACC team, yeah. I, I think they would end up right now. They're in, in that, that title spot. Game. Yep, yep. So they'll lose to Florida State, and it's not fair to Louisville. But Louisville at you know eleven and two is going to drop behind Missouri at ten and two. Eventually, yeah, when all that, the dust that settles, that is tough. I um, think is what would happen. Well, 
Again, tonight's kind of uh, an interesting night for what the committee thinks of Mizzou now. Ole after, Miss, Penn State. Yep. Those are the keys, man. Those are the big ones tonight. Where are they in relation to Mizzou in the college football playoff ranking tonight? 875-KTGR if you want to weigh in on what you think uh, could happen there. Uh, 875-5847 to, uh, to call or text us. Uh, up next... Boy, that was a defensive effort by Mizzou men's basketball yesterday. Maybe a little bit unexpected with how poorly SIUE shot in that uh, game. Certainly was unexpected there. But does that mean that we're seeing some improvements on defense from this men's hoops team? We'll talk about that next year on The Big Show. You're listening to The Big Show Podcast on KTGR.com. Where will Mizzou be ranked tonight? College football playoff rankings uh, coming out. In about an hour or so, 875-KTGR if you want to call or text us. Get to some uh, some texts here. We've got George saying Mizzou number 10 tonight. Uh, that would certainly be interesting. Wow. They, they, uh, that would mean you're passing Wowzers. probably Ole Miss and Penn State. And, and Oregon State, I think. Yeah, Oregon State or Louisville, one of the two. Like it's That's what you're looking at. So that would well, certainly be eye-opening. Now, Louisville was ahead of Oregon State last week, right? They were. And so, for as much as Louisville was not impressive in beating Virginia, and you could credit Oregon State for beating Stanford soundly, I don't think those the two The wins flip. are probably equal, right? Yeah. I, like, yeah. Here's my here's my thing. Missouri wouldn't pass Louisville and not, not pass, pass Oregon, Oregon State. State. That if they pass sense. Louisville, yeah. they're if they're ninth, they're because pa- they're passing both of them. If they're tenth, if Missouri is tenth, I think it's because they passed Oregon State, not Louisville. But again, can you drop Oregon State based on a win like they had? But in reality, you wouldn't be dropping them because they still get to pass Ole Miss and Penn State as well. So, like, that's a way to do it. It would be bad optics if a team that won like they won over Stanford doesn't get to go up. As a result of that, like you can't have them go down, but I think they'd still go up because they'd pass Ole Miss and Penn State, which is a way that it you could scrub it and it works. It's like Oregon State fans would probably be pissed if Missouri passes yeah. them, but they still have a higher number by their name this week, so everybody wins, right? That's what I'm <laughs> hoping happens. But again, it Oregon State's not as important because there's still opportunity for them to drop off. You're probably not seeing Ole Miss drop any lower uh, relative to Missouri than whatever we're going to see tonight because they play like Louisiana somebody, not state, so it's a, it's a non-con game. And then they have the Egg Bowl at the end, which Mississippi State's probably, as bad as they are, you know, you always say it's the Egg Bowl, anything can happen. I, I don't think anything can happen. I think Ole Miss is going to win that game soundly, yeah. which means that Missouri needs to pass Ole Miss tonight. That's the key. Jeremy in Columbia is trying to put us in our place. He texted in, how long have you been Mizzou fans? Assuming two more wins, cart before the horse. Well, now, hold on. I haven't assumed the wins. We are. uh, Listen, we got to take it one game at a time here. Yeah, that's the Eli Drinkwitz mentality, of course. They can have that mentality. We can have the mentality of, look, Mizzou's going to be favored in both of these games, and should they play out the way that uh, the odds makers believe? And it's it's not guaranteeing anything, not at all, but we're just looking at the possibilities because there's the path is open now after this past weekend, in a game that was very much a coin flip, Mizzou passed the test. Now they have a clear path to tend to. So that's all we're saying. But 
Yes, you got to go and win these games, especially this one coming up against Florida. They could be kind of a feisty team. We'll see. I mean, they're both going to be tough. Yeah. But I, Mizzou's like a 10-point favorite probably over Florida, but it's, again, you cannot assume the sale on any of these games. No. But, I mean, with the here's my confidence. It comes from the consistency with which Missouri has played ever. Again, I keep going back to it, but something changed on that fake punt, man. You're at Kentucky. You've got a chance to have what feels like a signature win at the time because you've had struggles against that program. You're at their place. It's sold out. I think it was their homecoming. And you're getting potentially blown out early in that game. Going to give the ball back to a team that's already beaten you 14 nothing. Turn that around. From that moment, they played great defense. They limited Bray Davis. You then win that game the way that we all know that they did. You go to the South Carolina game. You dominate. You continue to play well in a game against Georgia that you don't win. But again, that's a, they've got 27 wins in a row for a reason. And then you dominate Tennessee. Like, Missouri has had it going on. They haven't had a lapse, Andy. Like, where would you say the lapse has been? Again, the one loss you have and the one time you don't just absolutely blow a team out from that fake punt forward is Georgia. And, yeah, nobody's nobody's beaten Georgia. No, it hasn't look, happened yet. The, Mizzou has not had a letdown game this season that they have. Uh, both of their losses were competitive. That came down to the last possession. There was a late score to kind of make it two possessions at the end against solid teams, absolutely solid to great teams. And Mizzou and their wins has either gotten them convincingly or they have pulled them out in uh, some some pretty clutch moments. But a lot of these wins that Mizzou has had have been pretty much them taking care of business early and often and building up these comfortable cushions. This past weekend, an example, South Carolina, Vanderbilt, Memphis. I mean, the, these games have not been you know, snooze fests from, from Mizzou effort-wise. So this is, I don't really expect that to drop off all of a sudden now that they have gotten one of their bigger wins uh, in quite a while. So. But it's possible they could lose, and that's why we're going to start yeah. previewing the Florida yeah. game hard and heavy tomorrow, exactly. and we'll go from there. I know it's going to be a big one. They all are. Yeah. 875-KTGR, call or text us uh, to give us your thoughts on where you think Mizzou might be ranked tonight in the college football playoff ranking. Defensive improvements, I suppose, from Mizzou men's basketball last night, holding an opponent under 29% shooting. Yeah, they, got, they got enough offense to... Uh, have a comfortable win against SIUE yesterday. I don't know how much to read into it. SIUE, uh, I think a better team than Pine Bluff. The numbers certainly say that, but they could not get any shots to fall uh, throughout most of that second half. Yeah, they're not very good. Um, and they had they had about the same shooting night that Mizzou had uh, against Memphis on Friday, except for, honestly, maybe a little bit worse. But, again, you talk about... Uh, these teams that are the small conference teams, these are who Mizzou's supposed to beat up on. But I think it is nice to just see that happen, to see a good defensive performance after a game that went so poorly. To me, though, I'm, I know it sounds crazy because we expect with the Dennis Gates team, the offense to be better than the defense. Uh, I'm just glad they, they had an okay game offensively. Still would have liked to have seen them hang a few more points in that game, be a little more efficient. But like Noah Carter knocking down some threes early made you feel good. I think, honestly, Andy, I'm starting to buy into the idea that Sean East is going to be a pretty capable scorer and just a more consistent version of what we saw last year. And they're going to ask him to. You know, they're going to rely upon him to make his own make his own shot, find his own buckets at times. 
the degree to which he can do that is going to be, I think, pretty informative in how far Mizzou can go this year, how successful they can be. Um, but it was just nice to see one go in, see the win, see the game that you knew um, Mizzou was capable of. I, I still don't worry about a little bit of offensive, who's going to be the scorers that you can rely upon against the tougher opponents. And they'll get a chance coming up against Minnesota to maybe answer some of those questions that, that were left lingering from the Memphis game. Well, yeah, because again, when you, you go on the road, that sort of reveals a little bit of what you're actually made of in that sense. Who do you turn to when things might not be going the way that you want and all of a sudden things swing toward the home team? So, yeah, you're going to figure out a little bit of what you, your team has at their disposal when you go to Minnesota. And look, it's it's not a great team. Minnesota, uh, Mizzou is now projected to win uh, that game, uh, even though Minnesota's won their first two. But, I mean, th- this is a team that if you let them hang around, especially at home, if you don't come out and start fast against them, and you have to all of a sudden build that back up in the second half and and find those buckets, then that's where you can maybe be in danger. Yeah, and when it comes to like a power conference team like Minnesota is, it's so early in the year, it's early enough that we may just not know yet what we don't know. And if you look at Ken Palm, they're like 97th in Ken Palm, Missouri, sitting in the mid-60s after the win over SIUE. That, that can easily become two teams that are ranked around 80, right? Like we don't really know just yet. We're finding data points. We talked about that a lot at the beginning of last season, that it was just data points for a brand-new team. We're having the same situation this year. It's just the, the data is going to come in a little more hot and heavy because these are more stiff challenges than Mizzou had to face for their first handful of games last year. I'm very glad that it's the way that it is. Um, I hope that Mizzou can win one of the challenging games like this one because that'll that'll calm some of my nerves. I had... I had some real fears after the Memphis game, and and getting a win on Monday helps, but it's not that they're completely gone until I see a a more 40-minute performance against a a more capable top 100 type of team like Minnesota is. Like We don't really know yet what Memphis is going to be, but the way I looked at that game, and, and Memphis shot up in Ken Palm as they deservedly should after the way they played Mizzou, that was more about Mizzou struggling to score the basketball than it was to me Memphis forcing Missouri into bad offense. I don't know if that would be the takeaway that everybody had, but just when you go 20 some odd minutes and you make two buckets, that the, Not Memphis great. credit credit their defense, sure, but there are things Missouri could have done to stop the bleeding a little yeah. bit more quickly. I hope that we find that on Thursday they're able to do that. 875-KTGR, give us your thoughts uh, here on the Big Show KTGR. Old Jay is here on the KTGR hotline. Old Jay, what's up? Okay, so first off, I have to say uh, I have to apologize to the uh, Mizzou football fan base for allowing Tennessee to score a touchdown. Um, oh, what you Saturday, do that for? My wife. Yeah. Well, so here's the thing: my wife, you know, lovingly gave me a, a small uh, list of to dos to, to, you know, to get accomplished. And I was listening to the game while I was doing said things. Well, I took a break and started watching. And when I took my break. That's when Tennessee scored. And then you so went back to your somehow, chores after that, right? <laughs> exactly. I went back to my chores okay, right. and you Learn see what we did. So it was it was my fault. Now, as far as Mizzou basketball, I will admit I did not watch the second half of the Memphis game because when I saw Memphis take it back, bring it back to down uh, only being down seven, I said Mizzou's yeah. going to lose this game because they just don't have it, and I don't know what's it going looked, on. It looked pretty Last, clear. Yeah. Yeah, last night 
what I saw was a team that can beat a lot of basketball teams because of just how active everybody was. It wasn't, I'm just going to throw up a three for a prayer. It was, we're going to move around. We're going to play a lot of defense. A lot of the guys are moving, a lot of switching and stuff like that. The stuff that Mizzou and actually very good basketball teams need to do. So, yes, and the, the uh, Memphis loss was a little disheartening, but I know it was only SIU, but the way they were playing shows me that this team can still win a lot of ball games and still could possibly make a tournament. Yeah, appreciate the call, Jay, here on the Big Show, KTGR and KTGR.com. And look, uh, we're going to see ebbs and flows with what this team looks like through these first few weeks, a lot more than we saw last year because they're going to have a tough opponent here and there, and then they're going to have two of the bye games come up, and then all of a sudden uh, they're, they're playing Kansas again, and then Bragging Rights comes up. It's like it's more of a mixture this year. You're going to see some right. hot and cold. It's just how Mizzou handles it uh, after maybe the cold nights where they make the adjustments, and we'll see where they actually end up. 875-5847, you can call or text us uh, here on the show. We'll get to some of your uh, texts here in just a second. And also, up next, maybe some some more Cardinals moves. There were some moves today, of course, preparatory for the Rule 5 draft. But what else could be uh, heating up on the hot stove very soon? So the Cardinals prep for what we hope is a busy offseason for them. That's next after this live local sports center. You're listening to the Big Show Podcast on KTGR.com. We can get your thoughts in on Mizzou men's hoops after their win last night. And also where you think Mizzou football could be ranked in the CFP this evening, 875-KTGR, to get your thoughts in on uh, all of that. Uh, George, or Jason texting in, Vanover back could help. Yeah. Connor Vanover will be uh, back ready to play for Mizzou for this game against Minnesota. Three-game suspension is done, so he should be, as long as he's healthy, back out there, you would think. Um, Didn't Is this real that Dennis Gates said free Connor Vanover at the end of his press conference? I, I saw yeah. I saw somebody put that out there. I can't uh, remember where it came it from, though. Been Cal McAndrew. Uh, we'll, we'll see. But uh, but I, I, do, I do think it could help. It, it absolutely will help on the boards. Um, you would have to think. I don't know about offensively or even defensively at times, but got to clear some of these rebounds. Uh, Mizzou has a bit more of a size advantage than I think they had last year, so that category should look a little bit better. But I am interested to see how Vanover looks uh, first time in a Mizzou uniform, we expect, uh, on Thursday. So uh, that'll be uh, coming up very soon. Uh, Let's see who else uh, texted in here. George texting in. Uh, I hate to be that guy, but Mizzou basketball defense looked better without the 5'10 Nick Honor on the court. Robinson's length made for a lot tougher shots for the opponent's guards. Um, you tell me the dude with size made defense a little bit, a little bit more, a uh, little bit more uh, easier to swallow. Here's my thing: I don't even Nick Honor does things defensively, gets after it in yeah. ways that are going to be beneficial to their defense. Um, he's not Nick Honor has not been the the issue that I have seen. In the first few games, yeah, I, I can hear. I mean, I get that mindset, but I don't think that's like Nick Honor's the last guy that I'm griping about. And it's not three to, games. It's not to ding Anthony Robinson either. I mean, he's no, he looking, looks compelling. Yeah, active player out there, and, and again, defensively, if you can make your mark as a freshman and prove that you can be out there and some spot duty, give some energy off the bench, it's beneficial. Team played well too yesterday with uh, John Tanji in there. 
Yeah. And we didn't get to see him in the first game. Uh, I think he's kind of finding his bearings a little bit. And they had, they played, they looked good when he was on the floor. So I, yeah. I liked, and again, you talk about some length defensively. I, the Nick Honor thing, like, I just think this team's going to take a little time, hopefully, to gel. Like I've said, the defense, you may think, oh, the defense is a problem because they can give up a lot of points. Defense is not the issue with this team to me. I'm just waiting to confirm that they've got enough scorers to be able to get them tough buckets. Now, when it's going easy and going in transition, they can all look great. When it's when you get hit in the mouth, what do you do to respond? Who comes up with that bucket is kind of what we're waiting to see, in my opinion. That would be my biggest right. question still. All right. So we'll see uh, what those what questions could be answered for Mizzou at Minnesota on Thursday. And again tonight, uh, turn into 100.5 KTGR at 645 to hear Mizzou women's basketball take on North Alabama. All right, uh, the Cardinals made a few moves today uh, in preparation for you know protecting guys from the Rule 5 draft, everything like that. Uh, yeah, that deadline was today, 5 p.m., and they added the two guys they traded they traded away Jordan Hicks to the Blue Jays. They got Sam Robertson and Adam Klopfenstein in that deal. Both those guys were double-A pitchers who went to triple-A. Those guys are now on the 40-man roster. And kind of intriguingly, so is Pedro Paez, the the fourth catcher now that's on the 40-man roster. You need four catchers? Which, well, you you don't, really. Yeah, no. But it's a case of, I think there's there could still be some movement here. Paez uh, was available last year in the Rule 5 draft and was not selected. Cardinals didn't protect him. Nobody took him, but he took a step forward, had a 800 uh, OPS at AA this year. Good defender. Cardinals decided not worth the risk. We're going to keep him on. The question is going to be, does that mean something for either Andrew Kisner or Yvonne Herrera? I think, yes, it very well could. I don't think they would be non-tendering Andrew Kisner. He's only going to be owed a couple million through ARB. That deadline would come Friday. Um, some other guys to look at, potentially Dakota Hudson, Jake Woodford, maybe even Tyler O'Neill in that category, but I, I, I'm i not entirely sure they would go that far as to just let him become a free agent. But Kisner, I mean, he had a step forward offensively too, Andy, last year, 10 home runs. Um, they the, the pitchers certainly trusted his work behind the plate, but the question, I guess, is going to be, are they ready to say, Avon Herrera, you can take over as the backup, or would they trade Herrera because they think he's got more trade value? It wouldn't stun me to see Herrera or Kisner traded before opening day, but I just don't know that the non-tender route gives enough credit to what Kisner did last year. That would be a surprise to me, and in my opinion, a mistake. Um, but it, there are well, some moves to be made, I think, if you've got four catchers on the 40-man. Well, yeah, I mean, if you think, and I assume that, yeah, Yvonne Herrera does have more trade value right now than Andrew Kisner does just because maybe he's been exposed a little less to the big league game and you maybe see more potentials you can hope the, on that right? right you can hope on him being an everyday stud catcher whereas sure. with Kisner it's not that he's not a good Seen player but yeah. he's been more a halftime player a part-time player and people probably view him through that lens also Herrera more team control because he's a little bit uh, he's younger and he's yeah. been in so you got less more, big league time. Maybe get a little bit more from Herrera in a trade if you're wanting to trade for him. Would be my guess, yeah. For a catcher. I don't know. I mean, that would be a fine situation if Andrew Kisner is your backup catcher. I'm not too upset by that. No, it's kind like, of what it, you had yeah. last year. Yeah, so it, it's I, really about Contreras still, right? Like, yeah. can they go in this year going... We trust Contreras is going to be uh, solid the whole way through. Maybe we had some misjudged expectations to begin last year, 
but we're we're squaring all that away. We're bringing Yadier Molina in most likely, at least for spring training, right? You figure Yadier will be down there, Definitely. and that can only help Wilson Contreras if that deal ends up coming through with Yadier rejoining the organization, as a lot of people seem to expect. So I think Contreras will be the primary catcher, whether that's you know, 80, 90, 100 games pending health, and then you can have one other guy do the job. I think they've just got three good catchers and then a fourth one potentially in the, the kid Paez who um, was, was good at double A. So I don't know. We'll end up seeing what that, what that looks like. All right. Uh, give us your uh, thoughts at 875-KTGR. Before we go, let's get to the, the answer to uh, Brendan's trivia question for today, I suppose, in, in, a, in a sense. So right now he's yeah. wearing a Baker Mayfield Browns jersey that he right. got aggressively marked off uh, on the dark market. And um, he bought several of these jerseys of players that are no longer with the teams that these jerseys are attached to. But maybe so they're pretty, cheap. Yeah, but maybe pretty popular with those teams at the time, but maybe, maybe. not anymore because of some sort of fallout or something like that. My hint is going to be, I don't know how popular he ever was with this team, this player. Wow, that narrows it down. Okay, he was a quarterback that was the big addition to a team, but it didn't pan out. Like, decidedly didn't pan out. Um, Brett Favre Vikings jersey? No, they're actually very recent. Uh, Sherry texted in Brett Favre Jets um, no. as her guess. My guess is... Give you a couple more guesses. I'm gonna give recent, a, real recent. I'm going to give a homer pick, Brock Osweiler. No Brock Osweiler. Big <laughs> okay. name, big name. Big Sam, name. Bradford. Sam Bradford. Not Sam Bradford. Recent. Oh, I think man. really recent. Last couple of years. He's actually, here's another one. This is the best hint since we're about done with the show. He was signed within the last week to an active roster. I oh, Josh Dobbs. Not Josh Dobbs. Oh, Carson Wentz. It's a Carson Wentz Colts jersey. <laughs> well done, I suppose. You can Not buy for food Carson with Wentz. that money, you yeah, know. Yeah, exactly. It's like 10 bucks, dude. It's a, I have a Colts jersey now. It's cool. You can get a burger for $10, man. Yeah. Well... Now I have a jersey. <laughs> it's like authentic. It's like a hundred something dollar jersey, but because it's got Wentz's name on the back, it's no longer worth that. I should have given you ten dollars. I'm, for I'm it. not going to try and figure out Brendan's spending decisions. Thank you for joining us. Thank you to Will Carroll, the injury expert, for joining us. We're back tomorrow from four to six. He's Brendan. He's producer Chris. I'm Andy. We're done for now.